So today we have a lot of arguing about whether it's okay to be patriotic and a Christian at the same time. I find it very odd that this argument is even in existence, um, <laughs> because as long as I remember, it kind of went together. We as Christians recognize what God has done for us and blessed us in this country that we live in. Yes, this is not our home. Yes, it's a temporary uh, living place, a temporary abode that we are in right now. We have an eternal place in glory that we look for, but we are temporarily here and we recognize that God has blessed us to live in the United States of America. I'd like you to go to Isaiah 61, please. Isaiah 61. And the worst thing I find is when somebody is immensely blessed and they don't recognize it. I just find that to be revolting. I remember my wife's boss buying a Lexus for his daughter when she was 16 years old. Anybody here get a Lexus when they're 16? I, did Lexus did Lexus uh, exist at that time? I don't know. Nobody just bought me a luxury fancy car when I was 16. I got a car and I paid for it. She was given this car and she went out and you know what? All the she was just happy and thrilled to have it. No. She thought the grill was the wrong color. She was very upset. She did not like the color of the grill. Very angry about that. See, this is <laughs> The attitude and the mentality of people that are ungrateful about what they have. Folks, I am grateful every single day that I wake up in the United States of America. I am thankful to God that I was born here. Thank you, Lord, that I was not born in the Middle East. Thank you, God. I don't want to be born over there. Thank the Lord I was born here. Isaiah 61, are you there? says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall uh, build the old wastes, and they shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. The stranger shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. And Lord, I just ask that you will give me something to speak to your people today from your heart. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now when I, you say, well, how does that passage apply to America? Well, look at it. Look at what it says. When you think about what brought America here, what, what caused uh, America to be settled, what, what led to that? Many of those things are outlined right there in that passage where this passage is talking about the Messiah and he says that, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to, 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 because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. God has raised up America for very specific reasons, I believe. And what, one thing that America did do and has done is to take the message of the gospel of, the, of Jesus Christ to the world. 
and very much uh, fulfilled that role to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I want you to realize what prompted these people to leave their land, their home, everybody they know, and many times their families, and get on rickety boats uh, and, and sail across the Atlantic Ocean to a place they knew nothing of. It was because they were unhappy and miserable where they were. Because what did they lack? They lacked freedom. They did not have freedom. They didn't feel free to worship their God. Their, their rights were being taken away from them. They were losing their, the, the ability to live their life as they felt free to do. And, and this is exactly what America gave these people was the opportunity to try their, their hand in their own land. Nothing was easy about it at all. Nothing was easy during those days. I'm trying to, uh, to roll along a little bit because I was ordered to make this short. People have things going today, so I was ordered. So I'm going to try to keep it less than two hours. So, <laughs> so when you look at... This is... Isaiah 61 is very much what what America gave to these people. That freedom, that gospel, that, that message of, 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 of healing their brokenheartedness and their hurt and their anguish, giving them the rights and, and freedoms that, that God had given them. Let me tell you something. The government does not give you rights. God gave you rights. The government's job is to protect their, those rights. And they're not doing a really great job of it, but that is their job, is to protect those rights. So God, through this great land, took the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Because of this great land, he proclaimed liberty to those that were captive. They felt captive in Britain, and they had to escape, and they came here. God, through this great land, proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord. And he comforted all that mourn. He called the trees of righteousness. America was considered a righteous land for such a, a long time. Not so much anymore. And something else he says here, the planting of the Lord. I believe, and there's maybe more, but I can say two that I believe definitively, nations that God planted. One was Israel and the other was America. I believe that God planted this land and he did it for these very specific reasons. God raised up this land. And it's unfortunate when the people lose the ability to be grateful for that. And he built up the old waste places. How many nations has America built up across the world? Because America's wealth and because of America's uh, free market system, that prosperity spread throughout much of the world. Even nations that are communist today uh, often uh, are blessed financially in a sense because they've embraced a, a, a type or a modem of uh, a free market enterprise. The, the America has fixed those waste places. This is why I believe that God ordained America. Number one, I believe that he put America here to protect Israel. I believe that that, and, and I've done it before where I put a map up of the Middle East, and you look at all those nations, Iran and Iraq and, and Syria and, and Egypt and all of those, and then you see this little tiny speck in the middle, little dinky land about that big on the map. And you say, that, why are they fighting over that land? You've got all the other, why do you have to have that little section of land? There's a reason. Because the devil hates God's people. And Israel is God's 
chosen people, his 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 children that he he designed and and you can disagree or, or agree with it you can think he's right or wrong it doesn't matter i don't i don't try to question him on that one thing i do know that god's people are israel we are god's people not because we become israelites but we are grafted in according to scripture and so in a sense we become israelites and we are uh we are part of that family because of that god raised up the united states to protect israel could you imagine 1948 Israel becomes a nation and where would they be today if America hadn't have been here since that day I believe that God ordained this land for that purpose another reason I believe that God ordained America is to send out missionaries I think it's something to the tune of 80% of all missionaries worldwide come out of America the gospel of Jesus Christ has gone to the world because the United States was here and I believe that God raised this land up for that reason and I believe that America is here because it, she is a haven to God's people. This is always a place where no matter where in the world they were being persecuted and they were being attacked, they could always come to America and get protection and get solace. This is a haven to them. And I believe that God raised up America because of His great mercy for mankind. Thank, thank the Lord for the United States. Because even though we're here and we have our our internet our national borders the influence of america the worldwide has been strong to take down dictators and to take down tyrants and oligarchs that were destroying and killing people in mass they have stopped genocide they have given so much to protect the people of the world right from this land another reason i believe that god raised up america it was to protect and and bring value to the women and children because before the United States, women and children did not have a lot of rights anywhere in the world. And America brought that value to women and that value to children. Children were considered basically slave labor through most of the world. But America brought us to this point where we value our children. We love our children. That doesn't take away from the horrors of the fact that we kill a million and a half of them a year in America. I'm, I'm not forgetting that fact. But uh, by and large, America brought that value to these lives that were so important. And this is the very reason why Satan must destroy America. And he's doing everything in his power to do so. He cannot bring about his plan as long as America stands here. Some was written back in 1787 by a fellow named Alexander Tyler. He was a Scottish uh, history professor at the University of Edinburgh. And he was talking about the fall of the Athenian Republic. He said something. Now, I know that some of you probably have your eyes rolling up in the back of your head right now, and some of you are thinking about the roast in the oven at home and all that. I want you to come back to me, because I want you to hear this part. Listen. You can go back to, to whatever after I get done with this part. Just, just listen to this. This is what he said. A democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. Get this. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that the voters discover that they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. This was written in 1787. From that moment on, the majority will always vote for candidates who promise the most benefits from the public treasury. With that result, 
that every democracy will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy, which is always followed by a dictatorship. Mm. Isn't that disturbing? Doesn't that just ring some bells right there? This idea, and folks, America is to the point now where many in the population realize that they can vote themselves money. And the politicians have come to the idea that if you give people money, they'll give you votes. And that becomes the most important thing. And, and I keep asking, where do these trillions of dollars come from? And they say, well, it comes from China. And I say, China cannot have $4 trillion laying around. I'm sorry, they just can't. The only way they're doing it is just by printing money that has nothing to back it. It's a dangerous scenario, but it's one that they're willing to go for because power and, and rule is more important than the good of the country. It's a dangerous time that we live in. This man went on, uh, Alexander Tyler went on and said, the average age of the world's greatest civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 200 years. If my math is correct, we're at 245. During those 200 years, these nations always progress through the following sequence. Get, get what he says. And link this not only to America, but to the children of Israel. If you read through the Old Testament at all, you'll see this pattern. He says they always go from bondage to spiritual faith. They go from spiritual faith to great courage. They go from great courage to liberty. They go from liberty to abundance. And then they go from abundance to complacency. And then they go from complacency to apathy. And then they go from apathy to dependence, which is where I think we are now. And then they go from dependence back to bondage. And I think that that pattern is very true. Uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, Professor Joseph Olson of the Hamline University School of Law said that he believed that we were in the complacency and apathy stage. I think we've moved past that. I think America is now in the dependency stage. We're at that that crux, that, that apex, that place where we can fall off on either side. I'm not giving up on the United States. I believe that God will once again bless this land of God's people will stand together and pray for their land. And I don't believe that we have to go back to bondage, but we have so many who are trying to do that very thing. They're trying, and I find it amazing that there's so many people from... Uh, from Middle Eastern countries, uh, China, Russia, you can go, go down the list, people that have lived under genuine oppress oppression who are standing up today because they see the very thing that they ran away from happening within the United States. They take away from your, your right to say certain things. They take away from you every right to do what you want to do. And, they, and pretty soon they bring you right back into bondage. And that's the direction that they're trying to take the country. And I saw Israel do this very same thing when they, when they were in bondage in Egypt. And they were pummeled and 18 hours a day stamp, uh, pressing out uh, bricks to build their, their buildings and their cities and all the, the way that they were beaten and killed and all that went on in Egypt and then God brought them out of that. And from there, they had this time of their faith being built and strengthened while they're in the wilderness where their faith was up and down. But then they solidified their faith and they became a people of great courage and great strength. And, and once they saw that great courage and that great strength, they moved into a time of liberty 
and that, that, that time where they, they, they were free as a nation. But that progression continued and they, they lost that liberty as they started to move right back into the bondage. And how did they move back into the bondage? Because they became apathetic. And I've often said down through the years, the problem with Americans is if we have a, a, a recliner, a big screen TV, and an air conditioner, we don't really care what's going on around us. And that's a very sad reality that most Americans live that way. And don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I like my recliner, I like my big screen TV, and thank God for air conditioning. <laughs> But Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. And we have so few who are willing to fight for that freedom anymore, who are willing to stand up and say, I will. I will stand. I will toe the line with my country and, and we will fight for this freedom. We on this continent, according to Robert J. McCracken, he said, we on this continent should never forget that men first crossed the Atlantic not to find soil for their plows, they had that in Britain. They didn't need that. But to secure liberty for their souls. If we lose liberty in the United States, Ronald Reagan says you'll never find it anywhere else because America is the last great bastion of liberty. Where dwell, uh, Benjamin Franklin said, where liberty dwells, there is my country. We've got to pray for our nation once again. Pray. Galatians 5 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free and be not entangled again to the yoke of bondage. God did not design you to be in bondage. In fact, he goes on in verse 13 and says, For brethren, we have been called unto liberty. We have been called unto liberty. The devil binds, God sets free. Satan binds you up and holds you and imprisons you, and the Lord God Almighty, through the power of the Holy Spirit, sets you free. God designed us to be free. And if we lose this country, we will not have a place for freedom. Franklin Roosevelt said, in the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed. It must be achieved. And this is a problem we have so many today who run around like these people that Mark Dice was talking to, and they have no clue what it is, and I, and I find, what's it like, what was it like in their home? My dad wasn't what I would consider a great patriot, he didn't fly flags, and you know, 4th of July went to him, was a good time to go out and get drunk and all that, but he never disparaged our nation, and he always spoke up to, about our nation, he never, never put it down, I think my grandma would have put your teeth down your throat if you ever talked down America in her presence. She wouldn't put up with that. But unfortunately, we have a generation that in our schools. It's hard for me to believe that 40-some years ago, we stood there in school and put our hand over our heart and gave a pledge of allegiance. And now the very same schools are spending their time telling those children that this is the most evil land on earth. It's disgusting and it's sad. But we will pray for our nation once again as we always do and we do every week and we will always do it every week. As long as I'm the pastor here, we will pray for this land because God blessed us in this country. And I say this today not to, to discourage you, but to embolden you. This is a time when we stand up as Americans and we fight. And now, you know, when 
a certain president said that, they said, oh, he was inciting violence. I'm not inciting violence, neither was he. We fight for our country. I'm not telling you to go get your AR and blow everybody away. I'm saying we stand as, as children of God and we pray for this land and we stand for the right things in this land and we encourage the right things and we vote and we do, do what we need to do to save this land. Let's stand. Lord, we stop and we just, we just take this time to pray for our country. I don't believe there's ever been a time, even when we were fighting in World War II, World War I, uh, the, the war for independence, the Civil War, you can go down the list, Lord, I don't think there's ever been a time when America was in a greater threat than she's in right now, under a greater threat. I believe, Lord, that... There are forces greater than anything she's ever faced before because the greatest threat that America has ever faced is from within. And Lord, that's what's happening today is this, this force from within that, that threatens to destroy her. God, we pray for our nation once again. We pray for her. We pray, God, that, that you will preserve this land, that the Spirit of God will once again Show mercy and grace on our country. Lord, I pray that the enemies will be exposed. The enemies will be pushed out of the way. I pray once again that America will rise up strong. Not, not just as America, but as America in favor of Almighty God. I pray, Lord, that once again this nation will recognize who their God is. And that, they, that this country will serve you with her whole heart once again, God. Turn us back to You. Bring a revival to this land. Lord, I don't believe that You're done with America. I believe, God, that, that You can once again cast Your light upon this land and, and that You can turn the forces around. Hallelujah. I do pray, Lord, for the President. I ask God that You will direct His thoughts. I pray that You will guide Him. I pray for our Congress. I pray that the evil and the the corrupt will be exposed in the, in the White House and the Congress that you will expose them and that they will be removed. I pray for governors across our land and I pray God that the, the, the corrupt and the evil will be exposed. And I pray Lord that righteous good people will be in those positions. I pray Lord for mayors and commissioners across the land and I pray that the, the corrupt and the evil will be exposed. And Lord, I pray that they will be moved out of the way and that good, righteous people will be in those positions. I pray, Lord, that you will raise up the right people at the right time to protect this country. And Lord, I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.